Hi, I'm Jago Wynn and welcome to the HDC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the daily Bible thought as we journey through the book of Acts and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Ben Rogers. Hi guys, morning. Um, I have to say I'm slightly worried at Jamie hosting and if I had realised that, I might have <laughs> boosted my fees because goodness knows what could happen in the next half an hour. <laughs> no, it's great. Hopefully we make it through um, without too much interruption. So as Jamie said, uh, yesterday was the big 100 for HTC Daily um, and we had James, the new intern, looking at... Um, the disciples in Antioch, which was kind of a time of encouragement and growth for the early church. So today is episode 101. Uh, and in honour of that, we're picking up with a little 101 between Paul and Barnabas. Do you see what I did there? Um, so let's read the passage. This is Acts 15. Uh, so sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took, uh, took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left. Commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord, he went through Cilia, Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. A lot of names in there. Um, so we see there's a, a bit of a bust up in the early church. Um, Paul and Barnabas disagree over taking this guy, John, also called Mark, on their next journey. Uh, and because of this agreement, they decide to part ways. I think what's interesting here is the passage doesn't go into too much detail on the nature of the dispute, who was right, who was wrong, why this character had deserted them. It doesn't even give us a clear name for him to allow us to cross-reference with other Johns and Marks in the rest of the New Testament. Um, so I think it's quite interesting that we're, we're given this passage that's, that's really interesting, but not given loads of details about the nature of the dispute. So why is it in there? Um, well, as with all things in the Bible, if it's been included, it's not random and it's probably worth paying attention to. So. I think what the writer is trying to show us here is that disagreement is a natural part of life and even church life between two really influential early church leaders. Uh, I think it's a natural part of life because it's part of being in a diverse community where people think differently, work differently, um, which means that you end up with these disagreements. Um, and it's partly because... You know, in God's perfect design um, and in the renewed earth, um, all those differences that we have will work in complete harmony and will be the, the kind of perfect team and the perfect society. And I think that's really exciting. But at the moment where sin means we're in a fallen earth, um, those differences cause tensions and kind of stress points. So that's why we're to expect these disagreements in our life. Um, but the great thing is, and what we see in this passage, is those disagreements don't have to get in the way of God's plans. Um, we see here that Paul and Silas go on through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches, and all throughout the rest of Acts, we see them doing amazing things. Um, later on, we even see Paul and Barnabas 
uh, yeah, Paul Urbanus, but this is friendship has endured and they're still supporting each other from a distance. So we can have disagreements, but it doesn't need to get in the way of God's plans and we can work around them in a way that's uh, mature and loving. So I think by anticipating and by just that fact of just accepting them, um, we can learn how to respond in the right way. And I think this is really important at the moment because um, society doesn't really teach us how to disagree with each other in a world of kind of social media and echo chambers where you um, speak to people like yourselves and if anyone has an opinion that's different to you, it's not worth paying attention to. Um, so in that, in that context, I think it's really important that we as a church learn how to do this and model it to the world. Um, so what does disagreeing well look like? Jamie, if you'd be able to flip to the next slide. This is a photo of um, my wife and I disagreeing well. No, we, we don't use megaphones, we just shout at each other. Um, <laughs> so that's an example of not disagreeing well. Um, but a couple of things to, to ask yourself in trying to do this sort of disagreeing in a way that's healthy. First, is it worth it? Is the thing you're disagreeing over important enough to um, act on? It's interesting, in this passage we see that Paul and Barnabas actually decided this issue of who came with them and the company they keep was important and was worth disagreeing over. Um, they obviously thought it would have big consequences for their ministry wherever they went. Um, but I suspect in most cases, the things we disagree over probably aren't worth escalating. And so that's the kind of first question is doing that discerning of, is this worth disagreeing over? Uh, and the second is asking yourself, am I responding in a loving way? Uh, there's ways you can do this by sort of giving it a bit of time or running it by a few other people to see what they think. Um, but there's a reason the verse says love covers a multitude of sins because love allows us to cope with these disagreements and to work through them. Um, so as Christians, I think we're, we're, we're called to understand this disagreeing well uh, and to do it and model it well. I was trying to think of sort of an analogy that would help explain this. And the only thing I could think of was a good marriage or a good friendship isn't the absence of disagreement. It's not never disagreeing. It's just being strong enough and mature enough to work through those disagreements. Um, so I think in the same way as a community, as a church community, we're called to, uh, it's, it's not to never disagree, but it's to be able to work through those. Uh, and I think by learning to work with our differences, to agree to disagree as the saying goes, I think we can be a much more effective team and we can model this to the world. Um, so there's a couple of things I thought would be great to pray into um, just along this theme of disagreeing well and seeing Paul and Barnabas doing it in the passage. Um, the first is for us as a body and for having unity in the church and unity can still have those sort of little dis disagreements bubbling under but as long as we're able to deal with them in a way that's mature and loving um, then we can keep the, the unity of the church. The other one is for us to be in the world as people of peace that aren't constantly causing tensions and stirring things up um, but actually are able to cope with these disagreements. Um, and then the final one is kind of on a big picture. Um, the US election is coming up and it Having lived in the States during an, an election, it can be a really, really divisive time. So I'd love us to pray for that. Um, and the Brexit talks as well, just all the, the rhetoric around it is very divisive and confrontational. So it would be great for just peace in those situations, to pray for peace in those situations. <laughs>